Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Praise God. Mm. So much of what I'm seeing today is, um, is like what Kyle described, what we've been doing <clears throat> is we have so much going on, and then it's like, oh, we come to the gathering of believers, and we, together, the, the scripture said there's new wine in the cluster of grapes, okay? There's a new, there's a presence, a corporate presence when we connect together. We don't want to be that little grape rolling down the conveyor belt by itself. We, when we come together, there's new wine, and there is a corporate stirring that we step into. And the Lord knows where you are. He knows what's going on, and he's inviting you to step in, and we've already been doing that today. So my prayer is that everything in his heart for you today would be encountered, that you'd be filled, and that then everyone in your life, every prayer assignment you have from the Lord will be potent, powerful, and make a difference this week. He's come. We're a big, we're a gas station today, and I don't care the price out there, the price for the gas we're receiving, we're filling up today from heavenly Gas. You go talk to someone in Europe, they say, gas? It's petrol or it's, you know. No, we're coming to fill up today in the presence of the Lord to then be refueled and, and go forth uh, out, out this week. So I want to, before we get into the word, I want Sloan Adams, if you could, he's back. Are you back there? Can we just get here? Todd Adams' son, he came in the, he's been fighting in that, prayer, in that hospital room all week. I didn't email him. I didn't say anything. He shows up. Father, thank you for the... Thank you, Father, for the life message that we're reading and knowing as we see your fire in this young man. We ask you to bless him and strengthen him. Strengthen Sarah with divine strength and divine might. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I had another message planned for today. Was pretty excited about it. Really excited about it. But then I woke up Thursday morning with uh, something that really hit me hard. I woke up with Luke Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 5, just kind of resonating in my spirit. We're going to look at it in a minute. If you don't have the notes, how many of you need the notes? We have uh, people, yes, great. Uh, We're going to be handing the notes out. That's going to help us. Uh, But we are, but as I woke up with this, uh, so much changed this week, so much happened. Just keep your hands up. They're going to get them to you. Praise God. But, but, um, I sensed the Lord changed the message, and I woke up with this passage in mind, and I believe it is a word of wisdom for us as a church 
to help us navigate the days ahead. I tell you, I am confident that God's going to give us the wisdom we need and the strength we need to overcome the challenges ahead. To shift history through our prayer and our fasting. Many are in a 40-day Daniel fast and just all the things that are, that are happening in our life, maybe in your personal life or uh, that you see going on in the world. The Lord doesn't want us to be victims of history he wants us to shift history with our prayers, with our fasting, with our faith. He wants us to crush it. Now, that's a way I'm 62. The thought came in my head, and that's a good thing, right? Some people? Yeah. He doesn't want us to get crushed by it. He wants us to crush it. And the Bible says very soon the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. Amen? That's where we are. I want to be on the right side of history, and I want to shift history, and I believe I'm around people who are in that same uh, vein today. Amen? So, you know, with the invasion of Ukraine, the horrific images, the atrocities, the children, innocent children being killed, pregnant women, maternity ward bombed. I mean, so much is coming across. I mean, the images are, are just beyond, beyond. And there's talk of potentially a third world war. There's nuclear weapons type ideas coming around and, and, and the, the idea that that might actually happen. But I want to tell you, God's not shocked. He's not shocked by any of it. God's not up in heaven going, oh, I didn't know Putin was going to do that. I didn't know fentanyl was coming across the border. I didn't know that a male swimmer would win the Women's National Collegiate Swimming Championship. I, God's not up there going, what's going on? He's not shocked. He sees that this is eventually heading to things that are, the Bible says, will culminate in not in a Russia-Ukraine they're going to culminate in the nations of the world surrounding a little tiny country in the Middle East with Egypt on one side and Syria and Jordan and Iraq and Iran on the other side. He sees what is, what is going to happen and he doesn't want us to be dismayed. He doesn't want us to be in despair or discouraged and I want to just allay any kind of concerns. The world is not going to end from nuclear explosions. The world's not going to, that's not what the Bible says. There may be some nuclear things go off. The world's not going to end with that. The world's going to end with the nations surrounding Jerusalem and Jesus, the Messiah, coming in the clouds and the leaders, the Jewish leaders of Jerusalem saying, Welcome, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch haba b'shem Yeshua. They're going to be welcoming the, they're the Savior of the world, the Messiah, and they're going to wake up and go, this was the Messiah all along. And Jesus is going to return to that city. And in between now and then, there's going to be a great end-time harvest of souls that's coming to the planet. I'm talking... Uh, I'm talking a billion soul harvest, many are prophesying. I got some hands 
Can I get an amen? So in the midst of all the terrible, Acts 2.20 says it's going to be great. I want to be, I don't want to be dismayed by the terrible. I want to be a vessel as a part of the great. Not hyping, but just saying, here I am. Here's my five loaves and two fish. And then, bam, a resurrection. A blind eye opens. A great harvest of souls coming in. And that's, a lot of that's going to happen in the three and a half years before the Lord returns. But with, as the Antichrist is ruling, but the Antichrist and all those nations that, that are not going to go for Jesus, they will be defeated. So keep that in mind. We, there's a bigger thing going on. So it's against this backdrop that the change in this message came in my heart. I couldn't just do a, a little preamble to Easter or to a... I mean, there was cool stuff, but the Lord's like, no, it's a time for us to get a bigger picture and not be distracted by the schemes of the enemy to derail us to dissipate our strength. It's time we need to have a wisdom. And so when I woke up with this Luke 13, 1 through 5, I was like, hmm, I think this is, this is what the Lord would have us, that you'd have us to look at. You know, with all the wrong that's going on right now, here's the deception. It's easy for us to become fixated and to become <clears throat> completely focused on what's going on out here. On all the injustice, all the evil, what's going on? Who's, who's at fault? Who's good? Who's bad? Who's worse? Who, you know, what's all the solutions? Now, we should be aware, of, as watchmen on the wall, we should be aware of some things so we can pray effectively, right? But the deception, the, the distraction is that, and I titled the message, no matter what's going on out there, for us to to realize and do a self-check, a diagnostic check of what may be going on in here. Don't be so overly concerned with the failures of our government at the expense of acknowledging the failures of my own walk with Jesus. Not so concerned, overly pointing out there at the evil out there and not be broken in my heart for the evil I've allowed in here. I'm not standing up here doing a thing I, you know, to, for a show. I'm saying, oh, Lord, here I am. And as I was writing this, I was putting these thoughts down. <clears throat> Jonas Park, a team in the International House of Prayer, was singing this song by Matt Mayer, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. I put the words in the notes. That's how cool it was that these, this came in my heart while I'm saying, Lord, help us to make sure what's going on in here is right, that anything wrong in us, oh, Lord, I need you. I need you every hour I need you. What he's singing is I want to make sure I'm right in here. You're my one defense. Y'all know the song? My right one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. I love this line now. Matt Mayer wrote this. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. 
And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Every hour I need you. I believe the Lord's helping us with that. Then yesterday, I'm looking at these notes again. I'm like, and then another prayer set in the house of prayer. It was different than Jonas Park. They're singing the same song. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I haven't gotten to sit in Luke 13 yet. I will. But I wake up Thursday morning, and Suzanne comes in. Suzanne's off from school on spring break. I said, man, I woke up with Luke 13, 1 through 5. And she's like, her big blue eyes got real big. Was it two nights before the Lord had showed you the same verses? Two nights before I went, that's it. I'm scrapping the old message. We're going with this one today. Amen? Going to go with what's on his heart. So here it is. Jesus is warning his disciples, don't get distracted with how maybe they messed up out there. Or they did mess up out there. Who's right? Who's... No, 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 no. Let's look at it. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Let me stop right there and say this was a very gruesome scene because the wicked ruler there, Pontius Pilate, had ordered the slaughter of Galileans who were right in the middle of a worship service, who were right in the middle of making sacrifices according to Jewish law. So their blood mixed with the blood of the animals they were sacrificing. That's gross. But the people reported to Jesus what was happening, what happened with them, and they... Jesus knew what they were thinking. He said, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? You know, we tend, I mean, that's the carnal mind. It's like, what did they do wrong? Oh, no. I mean, I remember Larry King. Is that my phone? Okay. My phone goes a lot, off a lot, so <clears throat> it alerts me. Larry King Live, excuse me, after Katrina, you had uh, Franklin Graham on there, and Larry King asked Franklin Graham, was it because they were really bad sinners in New Orleans that, they, that, that God struck them with this hurricane and all that? And Franklin Graham said, Luke 13, 1, 1 through 5. That's not the question. The question is, Larry King, are you right with God? And all over the nation it was, look in here. No matter what's going on in New Orleans, make sure you're right in here. So Jesus answers that. He's like, I know what y'all are thinking. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell, what did they do wrong to have the Tower kill them? Oh, It's like, don't go there. He says, do you think they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? Don't ask the question. I tell you, because that can be a deflection. I'm looking out there. He's saying, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Meaning, there are things 
You know what I found out about the Holy Spirit? I can never talk him into something he doesn't believe. I like debate. I like pre-lost. I mean, I can't convince him that something's not sin when he knows it is. And so <clears throat> Jesus is helping us, and I believe this is the word for us today to um, look at this. And <clears throat> when Suzanne had that word as well, I thought, well, this is this is it. Let's not be distracted. Let's see. If there's a, there's a check engine light that's always in my car right now, okay? <clears throat> but I know what it is. It's my front right tires, you know, the computer's out. But we need to ask the Lord to see in the next minutes to ask the Holy Spirit to show us where might be a check engine light on the inside. It's very serious because God's got so much for us that... We need to make sure. These days ahead, my heart is to help prepare us to be ready. I want to see you protected. I want to see you positioned for the fullness of God to move in your life. I want to see your prayers and your fasting shift history. There's so many things at stake besides just saying I have a ticket to heaven. So I want to tell you a story. The title of the message is The Nail and the Board. And so uh, here's the story. This is a story. So anyone here who, online or in here that are realtors, I know this is just a story, okay? Don't get full, fully hung up. But a guy, <coughs> man, I'm sorry about my throat. <coughs> no, I've got a mint. So, yeah, water. All right. So, a guy, a, a man has a house in Lakeway, and he's wanting to sell the house. I guess prices right now, I'll just throw out $500,000, asking price. Is that cheap? All right. Let's go with faith. $100,000. He says it's going to be $100,000. A buyer comes along. Looks at the house, loves the house. He says, I really want to buy your house, but I only have half the price. I've, I've got $500,000. The, the, the seller of the house says, no way. I, it's it's 100000 No, it's a million. See, I've got to get off my... It's a million, and uh, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not budging off that. So the... So the, the the guy that wants to buy it keeps says, this is all I can do. I can't. They, they go back and forth, back and forth. I can only pay 500000 So the, the seller says, okay, I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to sell you the house. And what I'm going to do is I'll sell you the house at the $500,000 that you're asking for, except there's one thing about the house. There is a a board over the front door that has a nail on it. And I'll sell you the house at this great deal as long as I get to retain possession of the board over the front door and the nail that's nailed in. Anybody heard this before? 
Okay, good. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and illustrate it. So this is the front door of the, of the man's house. So the guy buys the house for half the price, the asking price. And he says, and so he got a deal. He got a great deal. The guy, the guy that buys the house goes, well, whatever. Yeah, sure, you can have the board and the nail. Now, I understand if you, if you did a contract on a house, they wouldn't say, you know, you're like, oh, that would never happen. Okay, I understand. But here's the board and the nail. So the, the seller sells the house. Great deal. And then, so the guy buys the house. He's happy in the house. He lives there a few years. And, uh, uh-oh, thank you. Okay, hire a contractor. Hire a contractor, yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Pastor Nate, for bringing me a nail and a board. I'm so, I'm like, Tech Nate, can you make a nail on a board? He's like, yeah, you came to the right person. So two years goes by, let's say, and the previous owner wants to buy the house back. And the guy owning the, with the house, the, the, new, the new owner says, no way, I, I love the house, this is great, I want it, I'm not going to budge. The, the previous owner says, I'll, I'll offer you even more. He says, nope, nope, I, I'm not going to sell, I'm not going to sell. So the previous owner, the first owner said, all right. He goes out and he kills an animal. All right, I don't know, I don't care what animal it is, don't try to, oh, it means this, you know, like a coyote or something like that. He goes out, he shoots an animal, he takes the carcass of that animal, and he hangs it, so here's the carcass, he takes the carcass of that animal, and he hangs it on the nail that he owns, hangs it, dead animal, on the board over the door that he owns. Now this, by the way, this is a real alpaca skin that this was in our, is in our bedroom. This isn't a bath mat. <clears throat> it's a real skin, though. I don't think it was a, I don't think the alpaca was walking around with a powder blue fur, but but, and so Suzanne let me bring it today, but she had to brush it out so that y'all would. <laughs> but pretend that it is a carcass of a coyote that started rotting. Days go by. Weeks go by. Can you imagine the smell in this place of a three-week rotting carcass? So the, <clears throat> so the owner of the house is like, I can't, this is horrible. I can't, they can't function. The whole house stinks. So finally, finally, the owner of the house says, all right, I'll sell it to you. All right, I'll sell it to you. You can have the house. So he gave up the house because of the smell from that animal. He gave up the house. He sold the house back to the guy for much less than he even paid for it. So, the moral of the story, it's in your notes there. It's Roman numeral three. There was that tiny nail 
and there was that little board over the front door, and it caused the man to suffer a huge loss. He had to give up the house. The moral of the story is there is a temptation to minimize in our own life that little nail, that little board that we have part of our life that we have unsurrendered to the Lord. It's that little territory, it's that little piece, it's that little area, it's that 2%. Well, I love the Lord 98%. I've given you everything. It's that 1% or 2% that we say, ah, it's not so bad. It's just something we've reserved for ourselves that we've kept for ourselves. And we think God's not really that upset about it. It's no big deal. But it's that little nail that if unsurrendered, it makes the way for the enemy to come and bring rotting garbage into your life. So it doesn't just stay a little nail. It starts to fester and eventually can cause you and me to forfeit to squander the full inheritance God has for us. It can eventually lead us to live so substandard of what God has called us to. It's like the Lord wants to build you a beautiful house in the midst of all these troubling times. He wants to give you bring you protection and provision and fruit-bearing and victory over depression and all these other things. He's got that for you. But if you allow or I allow that little nail to stay over our door, we could ruin the plan of God for us. It seems so small, just a nail, but it's like cracking a door open for the enemy to then force his way in and cause great damage. I don't know what the little nail is for you. I'm not even going to bring up examples because I'm trusting the Lord will show each of us based on Jesus saying, don't look out there, but unless you likewise repent. And we tend to live in an age where we look at the big, huge things and we don't realize it's these little things we leave undealt with that the enemy can come in. And there, I want to tell you, there is grace today. There's enough love. There's enough grace. There's enough power in God's word to help us to truly get the nail and the board off of the doorpost of our house. Now, Roman numeral four, there's throughout the Bible, <clears throat> first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, When you read these, these are passages, these are the history of the kings of Israel and Judah. Judah was in two kingdoms for a time. They're a history of them, and there were basically three categories of kings. Most of the kings were bad kings, meaning they didn't serve the Lord. They allowed for pagan worship and idolatry. Then there were were few, very few, who were really good and godly kings who had pure worship and lived with hearts of full obedience. And then there were a few 
kings who loved the Lord. They did some reforms, but they were half-hearted. They didn't deal completely with the paganism, the idolatry. Basically, they were kings who allowed that little nail over their over compromise over their life and over their nation. And so Manasseh was one of those kings. I want to look at him real quickly here. Second Chronicles 33 describes Manasseh. <clears throat> he was an evil king at first. He was he was into astrology and witchcraft and divination and he allowed uh the Asherah poles, which was the Canaanite god, uh, goddess, and it was <clears throat> worship to Baal, Baal worship, and it was, and they were, they would offer sacrifices at these altars on high places. They called them the high places, and so Manasseh was very evil and wicked, and God deals with Manasseh, and He says, Manasseh, I'm going to kill you. And Manasseh repents. He humbles himself. God hears his prayer. <clears throat> he was really sincere. God forgave him. God extended his life. And then Manasseh goes about doing great reforms in Israel, in Judah, the southern kingdom. He tears down the idols. <clears throat> they had idol worship going on in the very temple of God. He got rid of that. He got rid of... <clears throat> I'm sorry. Manasseh got rid of so many things, except it says this about him. And by the so Manasseh was doing great, right? You think, wow, he's reestablished worship in the temple. He's re, you know he's done great reforms. But look at verse sixteen of Second Chronicles thirty three about Manasseh. He also repaired the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings and thanks offerings on it. And commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Verse 17. Nevertheless, the people still sacrificed on the high places, but only to the Lord their God. Now that's interesting. The people, anytime you see high places in the Bible, it's not good. Okay, it's not talking about an elevated hill. It's talking about an altar where evil worship and there was even child sacrifice that had gone on. And so Manasseh allowed the people to continue to worship on those high places, but only to the Lord their God, to the true and living God. Now, that's a very... uh, it's confusing at first until you realize that what Manasseh did was he allowed the nail in the board. He allowed that to stay up because at first you would look at that and say, <clears throat> oh no, they, he allowed them to worship, to do sacrifice on the high place. Oh, but it's only to the Lord. Oh, that must be okay. Well, what that was, besides the illustration of nail and board, they were trying to godly up something that couldn't be godlyed up. They were trying to sanctify something 
that couldn't be sanctified. They, in our terms today, they were trying to Christianize something that couldn't be Christianized. There was pagan worship going on. I could draw some pretty graphic illustrations of some, some things going on today, so I'll just kind <clears> of <throat> back up on some of that. But let me just say it like this. You can't Christianize your daily horoscope. Say, well, that's, um, that, oh, yeah, well, there's a Bible verse for that, and I'm going to let that be my God. You can't Christianize. You can't move your chi around. Uh-oh. You can't move your energy around by praying to Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't Christianize moving your chi. You can't Christianize. You can't play a Christian version of Dungeons and Dragons. It would be like renting, I'll be careful, renting a theater where great immorality movies is taking place for your Sunday morning service, knowing that then that movie theater stays open the rest of the day after you're done. I mean, now I know I don't want to get theologically off. I'm, I'm almost out of time here, but you're, yes, we can pick up serpents and throw them out, but we're talking about understanding that God wants everything out of our life that is uh, not pleasing to him. And so when we see this with Manasseh, it became very much, very soon thereafter, paragraph C there, the Israelites fell all the way back into pagan worship. And it wasn't until Josiah, he was eight eight years old when he became king of Israel, Josiah came and instituted amazing reform in Israel. He was eight years old. Someone got him the book of the law, and he had them read him to him. And he started hearing all these amazing things about Israel, the history of Israel. And he's like, I am not putting up with these high places. I'm not putting up with any nails or boards. I mean, well, there it is. Glory. This, it's pretty graphic. I can't, I can't read to you all the things about, <clears throat> jo, about Josiah. It's in 2 Kings 33. He was ruthless, man. I mean, he just took names, Nate. I mean, he kicked tail and took names. Okay? I mean, it's brutal. He would not put up with any of this pagan stuff. And he had the, the priests who were offering these sacrifices killed See, it wasn't just a matter of, oh, well, you know, God was upset that they did these things. It was, the, I mean, that God didn't like that they allowed the worship to be on the, on the high place. It aroused the wrath of God. And so <clears throat> for us, the wisdom is we've got to ask the Lord to help us deal with this. I want to read, it's in your notes on the second page of your notes. It said about Josiah, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. And you read on there, he reinstituted the Passover for Israel. It's beautiful. 
worship team, if you could come forward. So the question that I've been asking myself regularly through all this, through these last weeks and months is, Lord, where's the nail? Where's the board in my life? What is it that I'm giving access for the enemy to come and bring damage to my life? I'm trusting the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to show each of us. You know, there were kings, as I said, Manasseh was one of them, Joash, Amaziah. They loved God, but the Bible said they did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not fully. They loved God, and so I'm saying this, I'm talking to us today, knowing the River in the Hills family, I know you, you love God. It's not a matter of you not loving Him. It's, ma- it's a matter of allowing, are we allowing a high place in our life that no one else sees? But it leaves the door cracked open for the enemy. It could be offense, the nail, staying offended. It could be bitterness. It could be complaining. It could be having to always be right. It could be having trouble telling the truth because you don't want to get in trouble or you want to look good. What's the nail? What's the board? It could be vanity. It could be dressing inappropriately to garner attention. It could be drinking too much wine. It could be lust. It could be addiction to social media. Only you know. I'm not, I'm just trusting the Lord to show. If if everyone would, if you would stand up. time to play games with you. Lord, we can't, Holy Spirit, we can't talk you into something that you don't believe. And so, Lord, I believe you love us enough to warn us that Jesus, you shed every drop of your blood for us. You gave it all for us. And it is our reasonable response to surrender it all to you. So right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to 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 release revelation of what our nail is, our door, that little 2% that we've held on to we think it's okay and it's your love that says it's not okay because of what can happen 
Thank you for mercy today and grace today. I believe that as we, we sang it earlier, this as the Spirit is moving, right? Moving, that God is, the, the Lord is moving. I believe the Lord is moving right now. And for many, there is a movement that I believe He's calling you to do in response. As he's moving, I believe he wants many of you to move today physically. I believe that there is a there is safety in his presence that will give us liberty to obey. I feel the safety of being with the family of God, of being with ones who understand, who love you. And I feel the liberty to obey and to truly lay that nail and that board at the altar so I want to invite you if you if, if you if it just helps you to move forward and just like physically come forward and lay you know like just cup your hand and lay that area if it helps you to, there's a there are cards in the back of the chairs just to take a card just as something in your hand and you don't have to, no one has to know what it is. You don't have to write it down, but just, I want to invite you to move up as the Lord in, in, is showing it to you. I'm going to get, I'm going to give this to you, Lord. I no longer want this and leave it at the altar and then ask the Lord to give you strength to not go back to it. The Lord may have you move in a way of going to get communion. I have just little pre-packaged communion over here. Maybe you get it here. Maybe you go get a communion and go back to your chair or wherever you are. And as as uh, the worship team sings, just invite you to move. Move up to the front. Lay the, lay down your nail and board, or go get communion, or come over. Tell Pastor Nate. Maybe today your your obedience is. I'm coming back to God today. And I haven't ever been water baptized or I haven't been really water baptized and, and really meant that I was turning. To, come tell Pastor Nate or myself. Our, our prayer teams, if you would come up, Brenda and Larry Carlton, any others that are that know who you are to pray with people. Um, if you could let the altar be open and maybe just stand up one step up uh, Brenda if you could let I just want us as we sing I want I want to make sure there's a I pictured some people getting little little cards those little prayer cards and just saying holding it in your hand saying Lord I'm seeing it I'm not playing games I'm going to come and I just just put the cards at the altar let's let's respond however the Lord's leading us there's grace today let this go. In Jesus' name, go ahead. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.